Man, praise God. How you doing back there? Everybody all right? And don't it amaze you how them, uh, the, the politicians on the campaign, like after it's over, and you read their lips, they just be like, yeah. and they don't be talking to nobody. It's just kind of like, you know, for sure, you know, just, you know, just like, you know, you feel them. It's like a little communication ain't there. But that's neither here or there. Got nothing to do with the, the uh, sermon. How y'all doing this evening? On a Wednesday night. Amen. Praise God. We're going to have fun with this one. A serious message. I really encourage you to stay in tune uh, uh, tonight. Uh, turn your phones off. Uh, uh, let's hear from God again. It's a privilege always uh, uh, to get behind my pastor's pulpit and preach the gospel and never take that for granted. If you have your Bibles, if you could turn with me to the very familiar proportion of scripture of Jeremiah 17.9. One uh, verse of this um, Evening, Jeremiah 17, verse 9. You know, in these series that I've been covering the last couple of weeks on keeping our heart right, uh, I begin to ponder on how I've been challenging and encouraging the church. Uh, uh, we went over a couple of topics already, keeping your heart right with your headship, uh, keeping your heart right in ministry and, uh, and our failures and so on and so on. And as I begin to ponder on the next subject of what we can keep our hearts uh, uh, right. Uh, I begin, couldn't help but think about what the Bible says about the type of heart that I'm encouraging you guys to keep right. I'm going to say that again. I'm encouraging us to keep our heart right in this, uh, keep our heart right with that. But it began to dawn on me, uh, you know, as I'm encouraging folks uh, to different areas of keeping our heart right, I begin to think about the type of heart that we're actually dealing with. The actual wicked and deceitful heart that I'm actually encouraging people to keep right. And I want to minister to you tonight, continuing on in our series, a sermon I've entitled, When Wrong is Made Right. When wrong is made right, when you begin to consider the heart that has an origin of being wicked, do you follow me this evening? When, you, when, that, when we're talking about a heart that the Bible declares uh, that, you know, uh, when sin entered the world, uh, every human being heart uh, is attached to Jeremiah 17.9. And, you know, one, it's one thing, church, to keep our hearts right, but then the challenge comes from attempting to make something right, that from the moment sin entered the world, man's heart was already hardwired wrong. Romans 5, 12, 21 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. In our main passage this evening, we read about the condition of man's heart that was declared wicked by its nature. Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart is deceitful above all things. Somebody say all things. And desperately wicked. Uh, who can know or who can understand it? Let us pray this evening. Heavenly Father, I ask God this evening, God, as we come before you, God, oh God, wanting to keep our hearts right in certain areas, God, whether that be our marriage, whether that be circumstances, headship, God, whatever the case may be, God, God, let us be remindful of this tall task of keeping something right that been wicked from the beginning. God, I ask God you will help us make what is wrong right tonight. In your mighty name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, 
Amen. When wrong night. The Bible says in verse 9 that our hearts are desperately wicked. We see this truth played out way before Jeremiah even mentioned the condition of man's heart. Genesis 6, 5, the Bible says, Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now think about this. It says that every intent, I mean, every thought, when that man woke up, uh, when he, you know, he ate his lunch, when he went, it was wicked. So long before Jeremiah declared that our heart is deceitfully wicked, we see it played out from the very beginning. But you and I are supposed to keep this thing right. But it's already wrong. It's already deceitful. It's wicked. How can this happen? How can this be? How can we make something that's wrong right? That's wicked right. See, this heart that we're attempting to keep right is downright wicked from the beginning of our existence. The wicked heart of man makes virtue of whatever they do. Meaning whatever man's want is good because they want it. Mark 7, 21 says uh, that this, this from, for, for, from within, uh, the heart of man proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, uh, murders. This speaks to the already tailor-made condition of the hearts that you and I are, are called to keep right. Listen to what David says in Psalm 51, 5. He said, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. See, this scripture isn't suggesting that David was born out of a sinful relationship between his mother and father. That isn't the idea. Neither is it the idea that David said this to excuse his sin by saying, look how bad I started out. No, the purpose was to show the depths of his sin that it went beyond specific sinful actions all the way to a stubborn sinful nature that he was born with. Can I tell you, we was born with that same heart as well. That's us. We have wicked hearts in short. We have a sinful nature. That's why. Tell me, no, it's because of man's hearts uh, that our hearts can become hardened. When it's time to forgive, uh, how many know a hardened heart uh, does the exact opposite? It don't want to forgive. Why? Because it's desperately wicked. Because of the wicked heart, uh, 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 man exalts itself. And how many know uh, the Bible calls that a prideful heart? See, all of this is a reminder that the heart can't be trusted tonight. But why does this matter, Pastor? Why does this matter? Why are you uh, uh, telling me something I know already? I'm glad you asked. Because it is in the heart where the root uh, of who we are comes from. Our heart, if you will, is our transmitter. In other words, what's in you, uh, what's in your heart uh, pours out. It transmits out. Your heart is the transmitter to your mind. Where do we think it? In our mind. The heart is the transmitter to how we react, to, to how we respond. The heart is the transmitter to how we process things. And if this transmitter is, being, is called wicked, look out, church. See, what is in your heart is what you think. What is in your heart is what you do. What is in your heart is what you and I speak. Matthew 12, 34 says, Old generation of vipers, how can you be evil? Speak good things, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How many know we speak? What's there? 
we think what's there. But somehow we got to keep this thing right. See, but our hearts, our hearts are wicked, church. How many know it gets a little deeper than it's just being wicked? The Bible says our hearts are deceitfully wicked above all things. In other words, it takes a little more in depth than just being wicked. No, no, my friend. It ain't just wicked. It's deceitfully wicked above all things. I want you to ponder with me this tonight. Again, we're talking about making something that's wrong right. Our text says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Think about the emphasis of, this, uh, of the heart. That it isn't just wicked, but it's deceitfully wicked. The word deceit is the action or practice of deceiving someone by concealing a mis misrepresenting, uh, mis misrepresenting truth. You know, the Bible describes this heart that we are attempting to keep right as deceitful. I got a question for your church. Which heart is more wicked, a wicked heart or deceitful heart? A wicked heart or a deceitful heart? For instance, how many know that murder in itself is a wicked thing? That is the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Or how many know if, uh, you know, uh, if something, uh, I don't know, something happened to me and, you know, somebody wronged me or whatever or whoever. And, you know, because people get revenge all the time. Something happens to a person, whatever. You know, how many know there's many people that are doing 25 the life of a moment of anger that they had and they murdered someone? Nevertheless, whatever the case may be, how many know that is wicked? But how many ever read an article or read a newspaper or maybe a documentary and you heard about some uh, uh, spouse that killed their spouse and act like they didn't do it? And it turns out that not only did they have them killed or had some contract hired uh, hitman, they plotted it out, thought about it, knew about the insurance money they would get, and then they had enough nerves to talk to the investigators and look for the body. And then go to the funeral with no tears. Knowing that they did it. That is deceitfully wicked. That's the heart we're talking about tonight. There's a difference between being wicked and deceitfully wicked. You know you killed them. But you play the game. I don't know what happened. You shot him. That's what happened. But all jokes to the side, this is what I'm talking about, church, about this heart that we got to keep right. Not just that it's just wicked, it's deceitfully wicked. That's, that's the difference. That's deceitfully wicked. That's the picture of our hearts concerning Jeremiah 17, 9, that we got to keep right. God help us. In other words, our hearts have the ability to manipulate us. It has the ability to make some folks believe that they're right with God and they're not. Isn't this where the religious cliches that people say to make themselves feel good about themselves? You know, you know, God knows my heart and all that stuff. God ain't done with me yet. Only God can judge me. That's where that comes from. Is to make themselves feel good about themselves. And guess what's making themselves feel good? This deceitful heart. Never mind what the Bible says to do right and be obedient. It's no, 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 no. We've created these cliches because it's Jeremiah 17, 9 heart. 
So there are many Christians who believe they're right with God, but they're religious. And that being said, them being right with God couldn't be more further from the truth. Matthew 7, 22 uh, breaks, breaks backs up my point that many were saying that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In, in thy name uh, it cast out devils. Paraphrasing, what in our own outreach? What in our Bible study leader? It was cranking, God, remember? Many got saved at the altar. Depart from me, I never knew you. Bring everybody else in that you want to do to me, though. Deceitfully wicked. Above all things. That means that this thing that flows with the issues of life is deceitful above all things. Meaning that this is the number one trickster. In other words, Houdini ain't got nothing on the Jeremiah 17, 9 heart. He don't stand a chance. How many of the devil himself don't even come close to being more wicked than you and I deceitful heart? The enemy himself, the enemy of your soul, ain't got nothing on the deceitful heart. See, the enemy only can do so much. He only can influence, but guess what he's trying to influence? This. This is where the issues of, of life flow. It ain't through him. See, because of our hearts are deceitfully wicked, what our hearts tell us is not always to be trusted, church. Most of the time. How many know our hearts can really get bent out of shape when they go bad? See, when the Bible says that our heart is deceiving, uh, beyond all things, this speaks of the natural state of the heart. God reminds us that our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. It is important to remember that throughout every day, our emotions are often drive the state of our heart and our mind. And if we do not pay attention to what our hearts are focused on, then often we will find ourselves in the midst of a sea of emotions. That's why people want to serve God one day, and next week they don't. Want to come to church one day, and in three weeks they don't. Something going on here. Secondly, I want to look at doing the right thing, and I ain't talking about the movie. Y'all talking about Spike Lee. No, 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 no. I took some of y'all back. Some of that went over y'all head. Y'all, I almost, uh, I ain't I started to look at the, uh, the plot of that, see if I can add into my sermon. I said, oh, never mind. H have me want to go watch it. Do the right thing. See, despite our hearts being wicked, listen to me, church. And see, because we have a bad heart from the start, and a deceitful and wicked one at that, that it makes keeping our hearts right uh, problematic at times. It makes doing what's right difficult at times. But how many know just because something at the start wasn't right doesn't mean it can't be made right? What an awesome God we serve. Can you say amen? That yes, the heart is wicked. Yes, it's desperately wicked above all things. But that doesn't mean that this wicked thing that we have can't be made right. I want to look at doing the right thing. See, I believe that this first starts with the, con with the condition change. And I was sharing with Tyler... Uh, Brother Tyler about this sermon uh, a while back and, and uh, when what I was preaching on, he made a comment on how a man's heart's uh, a wicked, wicked and deceitful heart can get better. And he likened it to how cardio helps our physical heart. We begin to talk about how cardio is based and, and other physical activities enable the heart to achieve and improve blood flow in the small vessel, vessels around it. 
We begin to talk about how cardio increases the stamina and fitness and strength of our heart as well as it reduces uh, 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 the health, your, your, our health risks. And he said all of these key things happening in a person's heart lead, lead to a person having a better condition of the heart. And how many would agree likewise when our hearts are worked out by things like repentance? Come on, somebody. When our hearts are worked out by things like reading God's word faithfully and fasting and being faithful, it is here where the condition of our hearts begins to change. It is here uh, when we do have spiritual cardio, if you will, when we're working this wicked thing, amen, uh, that the Bible calls deceitful. When we begin to work that thing out, uh, you know, uh, with something called the Bible. How many of you do some curls with this thing? You're going to have a good heart. Come on. Versus a donut. Or you can do it, if you're doing both at the same time, then hey, praise God. That's why Paul said physical, you know. It's, it's, it's some gain in spiritual. That's what he was talking about. Donut and Bible. That's what the book said. That's right. That's right. Ain't nothing wrong with eating your donut in the book in the Bible. Just don't fall asleep, though, because you eat too much. You know, we'll fall asleep. We'll fall asleep without the donut reading our Bible. Uh, they say it ain't that me. You get food, but you're in trouble. So I hate trying to read and study, and after I eat, it's done. It's over. I don't have no sermon to preach on Wednesday night if I ate. <laughs> but again, it's this cardio when we begin to work these spiritual things out uh, is where our hearts get stronger in helping us to do the right thing. Can you say amen, church? How many know when our heart becomes transformed by the mighty hand of God, it is here where we can keep our heart right uh, and in the right things, church? We keep our hearts right in the, in the right places. How many know when we focus on, on our attention on others and not on ourselves? This is how we keep our heart in the things of God and doing the right thing. How many know the world would have us to focus on ourselves? How we feel, what we're going through all the time, what we want, our needs, our desires. It is very easy to get caught up uh, in, in what I call me meism. Me. It's about me. See, honestly, our human hearts will like it no better way, church. See, while our hearts and the world will have us to look at ourselves, we have to remember who made us and who loved us, church. Looking at the greatest example of love in Jesus, how I many know we it is in through Jesus where we find the exampleship of having compassion for others, grace and mercy, love and forgiveness, all shown through servanthood tonight. Compassion. We see God having a compassion for the woman found in adultery. Grace and mercy for all mankind when he laid his life down. Show love for his mother at Calvary's cross. Forgiveness for Peter who denied him three times. See, Jesus never looked out for himself. His life had purpose. His heart was focused on the will of, of the Father and others. He focused on ourself. It's not going to make a difference in the world, church. Focusing on yourself ain't going to make a difference, uh, uh, you know, in the world. But focusing on others and what God wants and doing the right thing will. And I believe as we begin to practice this, this you know, listen, let it be about others. It is here where this, again, this wicked thing that always think about itself, uh, again, the condition begins to shift. It begins to change. See, this is how we train a wicked heart to be clean. And the contrite before God. 
Training his wicked heart to do the right thing and being in the right place is dependent on remaining steadfast in the Lord. How many know to do this? Uh, we must be in daily communication and prayer with God, church. This is uh, what helps us uh, uh, begin to do the right thing. How many know our hearts uh, begin to get kept in the right place and does the right thing when it's in alignment with God's will? We must look to him for direction for our lives. It is through his direction that we find the right place, that we're in the right place in the right things of God. How I many know once we receive God's direction, again, we must daily keep our minds focused and our hearts tuned in the will of God. Also, we can keep our hearts right and doing the right thing when we have a heart that's ultimately surrendered to God. Just talking with Pastor Nickerson, right? You know, right up here before service, we was chopping up about this this point and about you know he mentioned you know about a heart being surrendered. Uh, how many know Valentine's Day was just the other day, right? How many know there's not a woman on God's green earth that would have accepted a half heart? This is what Pastor Nickerson began to talk about. A half chocolate heart. Picture that. Picture your wife. You know your wife now. And you came up with a baby, you know, I was kind of hungry on the way home, I, you know. Um, you know, I had a brother and had lunch, you know, you know. And so, but it's thought that count, right? You see how far that thought was going to get you? But even on, on this day right here, nothing comes uh, with a half heart. How I many of you know, it does no good to say I halfway love for somebody. I'm halfway going to put on, you know, on this. No, it has to be a heart that's surrendered. And when, listen, when your heart surrendered to the word of God, to people, to being a servant, to aligning yourself in the will of God, listen, it is here where our heart condition begins to change to do the right thing. But your heart must be surrendered. See, when a heart surrendered to the word of God, church, there's a much deeper understanding and commitment to the word of God. You see, when a heart is truly surrendered to God, how many know you don't fight uh, with the word of God? It says what it says. So many people want to try to, you know what, uh, you know, we want to justify what's in the scriptures so that, you know, to fit our life. In other words, we create our own God. Listen, don't, 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 those uh, scriptures are jumping off the page for a reason at you. It amazes me how people, you know, we look at the Bible and I didn't say that. Like, it did say that. No, it couldn't say that. You know, we look at all these stories and we'd be like, man, that couldn't happen. How, 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 how Lord, come on. How, I mean, I know you could do all. How Jonah got swallowed by a whale? Now, I don't care if the Bible says Jonah swallowed the whale. That's what happened. Are y'all with me? Y'all ain't here. If Jonah, if the Bible says Jonah did it, it happened. This ain't no allegory story. He swallowed the whale. That means his mouth got bigger than the room. That's what happened. We, 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 you know, we, we, we got a way of looking at stuff like, no, nah, man, you know, it mean I can, it mean I can do this. No. It's jumping off the pages for a reason. Listen, don't let the word of God be like that check engine light that you don't attend to. See, some of y'all barely got here on that check engine line. 
that you're supposed to change months ago. And whether you didn't have the money yet, you spent it somewhere else. <laughs> Some of them, if I'm talking, you be looking at my car, Pastor. I'm just, it's just what happens. I've been there. I think I got a check engine light right on right now. <laughs> but what I'm saying, church, listen. The Bible says what it says. Don't try to, but see, that's what that deceitful heart to do. It'll begin to, again, manipulate your mind to where we begin to water down the word of God. This is why many preachers preach watered down gospel. Somewhere there's been some trickery going on. Oh, I got to keep these members. I got to keep a congregation. I gotta, listen, when I was pioneer, I didn't care if I had two people in there. The gospel was going to get preached. I was pioneer. I didn't walk on the eggshells. There was a grace pioneer period, uh, you know, whatever. But listen, I wasn't just, no. I'm here to build a church, not a religious church. And you have to remember that too. It ain't just, you know, building a church, but when you're witnessing it, when you're standing on righteousness, or when you're talking to your people at the job, when you're talking to your mother and father-in-law, whoever. See, this is, I see, in other words, the heart, when the heart is truly surrendered, it don't compromise. In other words, we don't look at the Bible to, to negotiate to see what we can get away with. When our hearts surrender to the word of God, you don't create your, yourself loopholes. See, when our heart is truly surrendered to the word of God, how many know this is where conviction starts to birth in our hearts? This is where it starts, church. And see, when there are convictions that are cemented and established in our life, this is where we can be sure uh, to keep in our hearts right in the right things. When you have convictions. Do you have convictions tonight? Do you listen to him? It is in a person having conviction that truly express and demonstrate that your heart is surrendered. That means there's, there are actually things uh, that, you, that you, because the Holy Ghost is, is in, your, in your life, that you yield to. And see, listen, when you have conviction and you're doing the right thing, this will help us to do the right thing even when it's hard. Again, this, we're dealing with a deceitful and wicked heart church. How many know doing the right thing sometimes is hard? I'm not saying it's easy. God calls you and I to do the right thing even when it's not easy. See, doing what is right does not necessarily lead uh, uh, to, to the easy, easy, you know, easy life. How many know Jeremiah was shut up in jail in the royal palace for doing right? Zedekiah was locked, got locked up for choosing to do the right thing. Paul and Silas were beaten for doing the right thing. The 12 disciples were persecuted for doing the right thing. See, our prayer should be the Lord help me to do the right thing regardless of the circumstance I might end up in. This, listen, this is how we begin, again, this is how we begin to condition this ready-made, tailored-made, wicked heart to be conditioned to do the right things for God. I'm just giving you practical things tonight. It's going to be hard at times to do what's right. Doing right when it gets hard, which brings me to my last point. Don't get tired of doing what's right, church. Never get tired uh, of doing what's right. Listen, beloved, because we have a heart that the Bible says, again, is desperately wicked, we all must continue to fight to never get tired of doing the right thing. This is critical right here. You see, you can be the best Christian in the world tonight. 
that reads their Bible, who loves God, who loves people dearly, who loves serving in different ministries, and many times there's still a fight to never get tired of doing right. Even the best of us, we love God, it's still a fight. Not to do right. You see, the reason why is, is this uh, that this is a tough reality to never get tired of doing right is because how many know doing right uh, doesn't always get you re get recognized or acknowledged. Doing the right thing a lot of times doesn't uh, necessarily get acknowledged, whether that's by people uh, or whatever the case may be uh, or whatever you know. Doing the right thing doesn't always get recognized, but it's not about that. It's about doing the right thing. Doing the right thing sometimes doesn't always feel like taking the high, the high road when you've been wrong. How many of that ain't an easy road? Did you just take the high road when you was blatantly offended? And I'm like, listen, I deserve to be able to slap you. You wronged me. You did this. I, I, I deserve the right. Again, doing the right thing sometimes doesn't always feel like taking the high road. Doing the right thing uh, don't always make you feel like you're appreciated for doing so. You see, doing the right thing and doing what you know to be right is never what the flesh wants to do, but it's always what the spirit wants to do. Can you say amen? Matthews 26, 41, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, listen, church. But there's another scripture that gives all of us hope. To never get tired of doing what's right. Galatians 6 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Oh, let us settle that in our hearts tonight. That yes, we have a wicked heart, amen. But how many know if you've saved and born again, that wicked heart has been redeemed? It has been redeemed, meaning, now listen, we can contend, we can have a contrite heart uh, before God. Uh, but listen, uh, even with that being said, uh, listen, uh, the flesh wants to come, amen, and it's right here that we hold on to scriptures like Galatians 6, 9 that says, uh, don't get uh, weary in doing good. For the blessing is coming if we don't give up. That's the hope. This is how we conquer a deceptive heart. See, given we came into this world with an already, again, deceitful heart, it is indeed a battle to keeping our heart right in the right things, church. Martin Luther King said, in some positions, he says, cowardness asks the questions, is it safe? He says, uh, expediency asks the question, is it po politic? And vanity comes along and asks the question, is it popular? He said, but consistency uh, consistent asks the question, but the conscience asks the question, is it right? See, the ultimate measure of a person is not where they stand in moments of convenience, but where they stand in moments where they're challenged. When there's a great crisis that happens in our life, controversy. How many of these things are going to happen? When difficult situations, doing right in difficult situations. How many are doing right when things ain't going right? Oh. How many have been there just last week when nothing going right? Did you still do the right thing? Did you still pray? Just the simple fundamentals of Christianity. 
Proverbs 25, 4, 5 says, remove the dross from the silver and out comes material for the silversmith. Remove the wicked from the king's presence and his throne will be established through righteousness. So you will never get tired of doing what's right in your heart when you act in humility, church. You will never stop uh, uh, doing what's right in your heart when you always uh, when, when you always assume the best and don't just jump to conclusions about things. In saying this, how many know that God's Spirit helps you and I to do the right thing? God's Spirit. See, as a, be- a believer, and I close, we have an extraordinary privilege of living in the age of the Spirit, don't we? The fact that we, you know, God's Spirit, amen, uh, dwells within us. How many know uh, where God's law is, is not just simply written on tablets um, of stone, but rather in our hearts now? When God works in you and me uh, by his spirit uh, to give you a passion to please him and do the right thing. Jeremiah 31, 33 says, but this shall be the covenant um, that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put uh, my law in, in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. See, again, as believers... Those who are living uh, in the disputation of God's grace, uh, we have the permanently indwelling person of the Holy Ghost in our hearts tonight. How many know he'll never leave us or forsake us? He can never be taken away from us uh, unless we don't agree with the Spirit tonight. See, nevertheless, knowing that this heart is more wicked than anything else, how many know we should examine our hearts to see if we're in the faith? That we're walking in the spirit of truth to see if we're still trusting uh, 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 in anything other than Jesus. How many know the Bible says that King David, uh, you know, uh, was a man after God's own heart, yet it didn't stop him from asking God to still search it. Think about that. The Bible says that he has a a, a heart after God's own, but it did not stop David to say, God, search my heart. Search my heart. How many know, beloved, that has to be the question that you and I are still asking? God, search my heart. I encourage you, church, to continue to do the right things. Have confidence in the Lord that you are doing the will of God. You know, Paul lived in such a way that provided a model for us to follow. You begin to look at Paul's life and others in the Bible. You know, doing the right thing is an, is an occasional thing or, or isn't an occasional thing when you feel like it. It's a persistence that we endure and continue through the end. And I believe when we have this attitude, again, uh, you know, uh, encouraging folks in different areas to, to keep our hearts right, but it's a challenge. Because the heart that we've been given uh, when sent into the world, Jeremiah 17, 9, uh, listen, it could be a tall task, but with a right attitude, a surrendered heart to Jesus Christ, uh, how many know we can do the right thing in all areas? Can you say amen? Can I have every head bow, every eye closed in respect to your neighbor tonight?